Hi, welcome to Sword Note Radio. For the next few weeks, we've got a special event that we've been talking about for ages. We got into a recording studio at Futureworks, which is a specialist media university in Salford, England. They very kindly let us play in their studio and gave us a sound engineer and processed the tracks and all sorts of lovely stuff for us. We recorded two games on two different nights. The first was a test where we played the box set for Star Wars The Force Awakens. We didn't think we'd get anything out of that, but it turns out that we actually recorded an entire game's worth and the audio is usable. So we're going to publish that at some point, but this was the main event. This was an entire day in the studio. And to make it even better, Joe from How We Roll Podcast DM'd it and has edited the entire game. So for the next few weeks, you're going to be hearing the product of Joe's DMing and editing. So if you like what you hear, get on over to How We Roll Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of How We Roll Podcast. Hi. We're an RPG-based podcast, and we focus on Call of Cthulhu, some Dungeons and Dragons, and occasionally one-off campaigns. Interesting. If you're interested in contacting us and want to know where you can find our podcasts, you can visit HowWeRollPodcast.com, Fancy. which offers links to Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitch. What? If you enjoy what we do and want to support us, you can donate to us on Patreon. Oh. And with that said, let's get on with the show. Yes, please, please just get on with the show. Yes. Hello and welcome to How We Roll Podcast. I'm Joe and I'm sat here in a genuine recording studio with uh, Dave and the Swordnet Radio crew. So Hi. Paul, tell us a little bit about what on earth we're doing here. Uh, we are spending some very valuable people's very valuable time. £600 an hour, I think. Isn't that what you've paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's free. Sorry, I just need to wipe that up. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Fresh we, undies for Paul, please. We have, ha- we have come from our uh, regular Thursday night session uh, where we had a, the trial here. Where yeah, we did. We had a one shot. We played in a one shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not over that. Hey, we're going to do it tonight. It's, it's, it's tonight. Just, it's just grenades. Twelve in the afternoon. It's the middle of the day. Solution to all problems. No, I don't no. have grenades. And uh, I have no idea what feed this is going to go out on. How we're going to make this happen. So, welcome to Sonnet Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a goddamn recording studio with Joe from How We Roll and Dave from How Call of Cthulhu and Dave. From Dave's both. one of ours. So, unfortunately, um, I'm not drinking today, so I need quite a lot of alcohol to DM Call of Cthulhu, so this is going to go horribly. <laughs> I, I, I know. I've got about, about two-thirds of a quite bad headache, so I am feeling slightly sort of buzzed and out of it. So, you know, half-bottle whiskey headache might, might work. I did actually generally consider bringing, like, a hip fast from Burger. <laughs> 12, 12 in the afternoon, this oh, is not a good... You can't have a drink in the recording room, you'll break everything. And I've been snorting cocaine since 4 a.m. Amazing. So this is going to be a good... good so anyway, we're going to be playing um, Classic Era Call of Cthulhu, and we're playing the 7th edition rules. Um, I did consider the pulp rules, but unfortunately I've been away for the weekend and didn't have a chance to relearn them. So it's Classic Era. Um, you can die really, really badly in this, and really, really <laughs> easily. Um, it's from a game... So why did you start me out on one hit point? Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> get into that. What you're saying is that me and Kate shouldn't play how we would probably like to play. It's a completely self-destructive. No, no, no. Play, play all as how you want to play, but obviously... Um, you will die. When you play D&D, you can literally take down dragons, whereas you guys are just normal people. Like You have 10 hit points, a gun does D10 plus 2 damage, um, and if you lose half your hit points in one go, you get a major wound, and if you fail the constitution check, you just die. You don't even have to lose all your hit points to die. Um, I got killed by a bum with a stick. 
Almost killed. I got hospitalized. <laughs> and it was at least a sharp stick. I, I, I had to spend like, you know what I said? I never spend my luck. He was a that, random NPC as well. It was just like it was a random NPC. Just, yeah, just, just, just some hobo going. <laughs> if that hobo with, with, with a stick doesn't come back in a major <laughs> way and turn out to be like, no, left though, tap, I will That's my next kill character. everyone in this room. He's the hobo. <laughs> hobo with a stick. There's an amazing game. Before we get too distracted, there is a really amazing game I want to get hold of called Hobo Quest. <laughs> where basically everyone's just a hobo and you, you go on the railroads and you, you fight Cthulhu. I've, I, haven't, I've, I have actually and just fought fight Cthulhu. it. I haven't read it yet. The, ver- the very next well. one shot we play is going to be Honey Heist. Where <gasps> is that the bear one? Yeah. <gasps> you are criminals and you're a bear. I'm so good at being a bear. <laughs> I've had so much practice. <laughs> so um, in terms of Assuming that this is this works and this isn't completely derailed, and I don't have a massive strop and throw all my books on the floor, um, this does fit within our, well, we our Call of Cthulhu campaign. So um, two or three weeks ago, we had the Mr. Corbett game. Um, this actually takes place before Edge of Darkness, I think, or at least maybe at the same time as Edge of Darkness. So you know, Bartholomew and Spencer are off getting killed by hobos. Um, Finn is here, so we're going to start off in a moment. But the important thing is that that Finn has had sex with himself. In a closet. No, I had sex with a woman in my closet, which was also played by my player, David. Yes. David has had sex with himself. I, I think that was the highlight of our yeah. podcast. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly my favourite moment. Um, so we won't do in characters yet. We'll do that in a moment. Can I just check a couple of things? So, no. Um, I don't really need your hit points because it doesn't really matter how many you've got. That's irrelevant. You will die. <laughs> what I do need to know you is, die when it's thematically appropriate. is a fifth of your sanity. So there's certain things that happen if you lose. If you lose five sanity in one go, Seven. you have a, um, a bout of insanity, which is fun. And again, roleplay it how you will. Like if you if you Dave, it will be probably as Dave roleplays. But you don't you know don't feel that you need to go. The Southern Bell will come you want to. Um, well, I don't know why you'd make that assumption, sir. I am highly offended by your lack of genteelness. Uh, Gen- gentility. <laughs> so, suddenly, I find your beard far more exciting. <laughs> didn't really need that proviso but I do find that when you play with a new group you have to say rounded up or rounded down I've got 45 sanity so so it's always rounded down so well for 45 so a fifth would be nine so a fifth would be nine I can't math I think it's eight so you've got 40 sanity yeah so you're eight so if you if you lose and that's not in one go so if tonight not tonight is it this afternoon you lose more than a fifth of your sanity over the game you basically go temporarily insane. So if no. I go down to 36, two, so if I, if I go to 36... It's I in will. a single go, though? No. 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 So it's that's so if you lose a fifth of, insanity, fifth of your sanity, you... Um, hang on, let me just check some rules. But you basically... I, I might be using the wrong title, but you basically go insane for the whole... You're more sane than you are in real life. Yes. How are you going to play that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to lose that. Really. To be fair, even if I drop down to 32, it's probably not quite there. <laughs> so, as the rules go, if you lose five in one go, you go temporarily insane, which is fun, but not a big deal. If you lose a fifth of your sanity, you go indefinitely insane. You become aware that you're being puppeted by a, a guy in a recording studio. <laughs> oh, that's a bit too bad. You have no free will. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see. Let's get going. So... It is January 9th, 1925, an icy cold and drizzly Friday evening in the backwoods of Vermont. You will all be visiting the old Duncan Mansion high up on Harps Mountain above the town of Hampton. 
A place most of you know well from the many summer vacations you spent here as young children. Your Uncle Timothy, long-time owner of the house, has recently died and you have been invited to witness the reading of Uncle Timothy's last will and testament. At the time of his death, he was thought to be worth nearly one million dollars and it is expected that you, as his nieces and nephews, gathering there tonight, will share in that inheritance. Share? There are seven potential heirs. Uh, It was going to be four, but unfortunately Biddy couldn't make it, so three of whom are gathered with me tonight, this afternoon. Tonight. (laughs) Say tonight, it's it's, it's horror, (laughs) it's got to be dark. So, um, do you guys want to introduce um, yourselves, but also you as heirs, so starting with Paul. I think your character, Paul, has some stuff that is for for just for you and some of it from everyone. So I think you know what I mean by that. So just keep it with just you. Hi, I'm Paul, and I'm playing Lord Jeffrey Duncan, who has was temporarily fallen hard times. Uh, the management of my Scottish estates has been has been has been woefully uh, mismanaged in my absence. And um, yes, I've come on to pay my respects to to, to dear Uncle Timmy. As he let me call him. That, that's the, exactly how I imagine that voice. That's perfect. <laughs> Kate, who are you playing tonight? It really tonight? sounds like your Prince Philip voice. How dare you profile me? And all aristocracy, do we all sound the same to you? Aristocracy well, matters yeah, too. To <laughs> Obviously, Prince Philip has a Greek lilt. He is a Greek lilt. Oops, there's the racism. <laughs> Sorry. Who are you playing tonight? This I'm afternoon. Playing oh, today. Today I'm playing Elizabeth Duncan and I have spent two fortunes and I hope that Uncle Timothy will give me a third because I'm fucking skint. (laughs) Bladder women. Uh, I've got to watch that my natural poshness doesn't come out with these voices. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather feel Bartholomew should be here, but no. No, tonight um, I'm Dave. Uh, And tonight I'm playing Finn Anders, the the Boston police officer. From, from New York originally, but we won't talk about that. Uh, two twins, Commissioner's daughters, family way. Getting out of town seemed like a, you know, good for my health. So, in addition, um, we have a number of NPCs, too many NPCs. We have Jack Duncan, a radical political nitwit and author, 22. We have Peter Duncan, no-account California tennis pro, alcoholic and philandering gigolo. I'm going to like him. We have Dr. Sidney Duncan, a respected Boston physician and family man, but recently seen at the Hamilton Inn in the company of a curvy blonde, possibly his secretary. And Fiona Duncan Holmes, dancer in inverted commas, globetrotter and irresponsible hedonist, rumoured to have had a Paris abortion last year. Sorry, can we have those names again? My type. So, um, Peter Duncan. Jack Duncan. Dr. Sidney Duncan oh, and Fiona Duncan Holmes. But again, don't worry too much because. Phil is bad with names. Maybe a detective, but I can't remember shit. I'm posh, I don't have to remember people's names. <laughs> uh, sorry, which sorry, which one is Fiona? Blood, uh, which one of those aren't blood relations or are they all blood relations? So you're all Duncans apart from Finn. And I'm going to talk about why Finn's here okay. in a moment. Um, so. Finn again, would like to know. You're all cousins in some ways distant, so you may or may not have seen each other recently. Um, I know um, Jack Duncan, who would have been Biddy's character, has spent a lot of time there recently, so he, he would have been the most familiar with the castle ground, sort of mansion grounds. Um, but the rest of you, it's kind of up to you when you last saw each other, if at all, really. Um, but you'd have definitely seen each other as children, as teenagers, but maybe not in the last five, ten years. 
Our story starts with Finn Anders. It has been just over two weeks since the disastrous Christmas party and the events surrounding Mr Corbett, which ended up in you being stabbed in the gut. You were discharged from hospital five days ago under strict orders of bed rest for at least three weeks and were given an extreme, at least by modern day standards, prescription of opiates. However, when a letter arrived from Mr Charles Turner of the prestigious law firm Regis and Marsh informing you of the passing of your late wife's uncle's death and the possibility of inheritance in the tens if not hundreds of thousands, you jumped at the chance. Inheritance is my favourite word beginning with I. So I hope you don't mind I've given you an ex- uh, a deceased wife. <laughs> well, I never talk about it, but it was entirely in character. Um, so the way... Um, Injuries work. So currently you have a major wound and one hit point, starting off quite a dangerous game. So um, basically you've been in hospital, which gives you a bonus die, and you've been given bed rest. So you can give me a con roll for each week that you've been in hospital and bed rest. So two con rolls with a bonus die. The bonus die works, I pick the... No. So you roll 2d10s for the 10s, and you, yeah, you pick the two highest, but then I keep your units separate. Tens once. So you want lowest is best. Lowest is best. So eighteen. So eighteen is. Uh, what's your con? Seventy. Seventy. So is that extreme success? Thirty-five. You're, no, it's just hard. One point of seventeen for extreme success. So one point. So you get. So you regain one d three hit points for the first week. One d three. One. Paul actually. No one wants your d three. D three. It's quite a novel, quite a novelty for us to actually be rolling real dice. Real dice. <laughs> I also roll one with the D three. So behind Fuck the curtain, like I add all the dice sounds individually to how we roll. Um, so for the second week, give me another con roll um, with advantage because you've got rest, rest and medical help. Five. So extreme success. So two D three. Three. Five. So, Finn is starting the game with seven hit points. Mm-hmm. What's your maximum? Twelve. Twelve. So you've you've gone past your halfway point, which means you can untick major wounds. So you've miraculously healed a gut wound in two weeks. Jesus. Maybe goodness. it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> just, it it just there was a lot of blood, it was. actually. It did look worse than it was. So, um, the journey to Hampshire was long, painful, but uneventful. And after a brief stop in the town of Hampton for directions and refreshment, you set off up the treacherous private road, which winds steeply and circuitously up Harps Hill. It's up to you how often you've visited your late wife's uncle. Late wife's late uncle. So you, but I would like you to, be, to have been here at least once before. Okay. And maybe... I think, I think once, because... Nobody from this sort of circles would meet me more than once and want me to come back. Thoroughly <laughs> <laughs> like alienated the my of the family for yes marrying for marrying me, and just a general idiot for marrying Finn. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He shines his shoes. <laughs> that, that is the most important. Thing. It really is. That's what I look for in a man. <laughs> I brush my, uh, my my woolen coat. The uh, the night closes in around you as you squint through the deluge of icy rain that your car wipers are barely affecting. You glance down at your watch, 4.50pm, and already the darkness has entombed the landscape. The thin beams from your electric headlamps 
picking out the narrow road ahead, the crumbling cliffs to your left, and the perilous drop to your right. You turn a bend and are immediately shocked to see the road blocked by one car, very expensive car, in front of a police barrier. Um, this is your car, Kate, or I should say Elizabeth Duncan, and you've been stopped on this Women. road by a police Women. barrier. Um, whether you're Shut in up, your car or out your car is up to you. It's definitely tipping down the road, but I need you to make me a drive roll. Should be able to drive. Let do drive. What an eight. What an extreme success. So not only do you not crash into the back of Elizabeth Duncan's car, but you stop easily. And can you tick? You can look at the boxes next to your um, skills. You've successfully used a skill, so you can tick it. So it gives you a chance to raise. Taken from the score, that might be the first successful driver I've ever done. <laughs> it's because it wasn't Spencer's car. <laughs> it wasn't Spencer's car, that's the reason. Uh, so, uh, the rain is, uh, so just to paint the picture, outside you can barely see anything. The rain's so, so heavy. Um, looking ahead, you can see a very, very posh car. In front of that, there is a police barrier. Um, definitely being hastily erected. Um, Kate, your character, would you be in your car arguing with the police officer or would you be have stepped out? You say it was car? raining. No strangers of things really being raining. Raining. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be in the car. So you can't hear what they're saying, but this um, maybe state trooper actually is um, like shouting incoherently at whoever's driving this very expensive car. I'll uh, um, get up my umbrella, you know, pop it through the window <laughs> and step out and obviously just sort of reaching for my badge and walking up to, uh, up, up to the police officer. So as you kind of walk towards uh, them, you hear him saying something along the lines of, I'm afraid you're going to have to turn around. Turn around, this road is blocked. Blocked until... And he kind of looks up and goes, um, Monday, Monday morning, 8, 8 a.m. It's blocked until then. Uh, officer, would you like to please explain to me why this is? And I'll show him my badge. Um, give me a psychology. Or a law role, if you'd rather. Psychology. Fire. I roll a five. I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he seems personally invested in blocking the road rather than professionally invested. Right. And he looks very uncomfortable seeing you raise your badge. Uh, I'm really, really sorry, sir, but this road is blocked indefinitely. What's your precinct number? I'm state trooper, sir. Okay. Where's your offices? What, what county are you from? He looks really, really uncomfortable. Um, and he tries to kind of ignore you and says, Ma'am, ma'am, I'm afraid you, you're going to have to reverse, turn around, turn around. Um, if you struggle with that, then um, I'm sure this gentleman here will help you do that. Let me just make this clear to me. Make this clear to me. You're closing the road. You're not telling me why. I am your, a superior officer from a neighboring state, and you are going to tell me that I can't get past this road. Uh, make me an intimidate It is a hard success. Um, he looks genuinely scared and goes, well, um, I guess as a police officer, if you, if you feel that the road is safe enough for you to drive down, then maybe I can let you go. Yeah, I, 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 I think I see what's going on here. Thank you very much, officer, and I give him a wink. I really don't care about corruption, but unless it's, you know, me getting caught doing it. Um, and he goes, but I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. Ma'am, you're going to have to turn around. You will not be allowed up this road. Police, police business only. And he, like, gives you a wink. So, unfortunately, <laughs> um, Kate's car, Elizabeth's car, is, is blocking the road in front of you. 
<laughs> is it uh, like? Is there a verge? Is it? Is it get aroundable so without you, you like you know could, driving into a ditch? This is like one one sort of road. Well, sort of single carriageway. Did I hear you say something about a cliff in the description cliff earlier? Cliff on the left, so you could right. on the right, so you could probably go round the cliff. But it wouldn't be easy. Ah, ma'am, uh, you know it is a felony not to answer an officer. You need to turn your car around. We don't know how else to get to the house. The the road to the house is blocked, ma'am, as I've just been trying to explain to you. We have to get to the house. If I can't get to the house, I shall fire Reginald and burn his shoes. Reginald, ma'am? They're fucking horrible shoes. Excuse me? Always hated them. He bought them in Italy and I told him not to. A very poor style. Oxfords, you know, I've always fucking hated Oxfords. They've got strange dots on them. Strange dots on them. Looking at my shoes. (laughs) Finn's looking at his shoes and like. <laughs> Stepping behind the wheel of a car, so he look he looks really torn. Like he obviously wants to block the road, but he doesn't. He's actually quite scared of Finn, um, and realizes that Elizabeth's car is actually stopping Finn from getting through. So he sort of he sort of thinks to himself, remembers, you know what? This wasn't worth fifty bucks, <laughs> uh, and he just moves the barrier aside. I get in my car and wait for the posh idiots to drive away. Idea. I'm just very particular <laughs> about shoes. <laughs> I'm confused. Are you in character or out of character? Stop bullying me. Why not both? <laughs> no, I came to the office in Brogues one day. She was violent. <laughs> I've wow. got a pair of Brogues in my there, office there was desk. disciplinary action. <laughs> <laughs> and you outranked me, so it was really difficult. <laughs> Um, you drive up the tree-lined driveway, as, assuming you are heading off now. So, um, mm. um, and suddenly you feel a sense of trepidation. I was going to say before, before we move on, I'm just going to as, as I drive past, I'm going to lean out the window and just put a five spot in my hand and shake the police officer's hand. It's like, uh, can you, uh, you know, give a give a fel- brother in blue a bit of a hint what was going on here? You know, I'm heading up to these houses, all these rich widows. You know, a bit of a Head start on what I'm walking into might be nice. Um, just let you know that there's at least one person here who doesn't really want you to be here. Well, that's hardly unusual when you meet. Can you be any more specific? And I'll hit him with another five spot. Um, give me a credit or fast talk or persuade. Give me a credit because I'm off with anything else. No! No, that's a 29. So, yes, success. Um, let me just say that there was a rather rich, snobbish-looking man. Um, said he was from England or London or some such place. Same things, aren't they? Um, paid me a bit of money to block the road and stop any of his potential heirs, in his words, from getting up the hill. Hi, thanks Thanks for the tip. Just watch your back, sir. I always do. Um, so, Kate, Elizabeth, um, you drive up the tree-lined driveway and suddenly feel trepidation. Something about your ancient family home is giving you a sense of foreboding. That primitive ability to sense the unknown, to sense unknown danger which kept our ancestors alive that is so out of place in the relative safety of modern life. A shiver across the skin, a twinge in the back of your neck, a horrible feeling in your stomach. 
The trees... Gout. Sorry, the trees open up, revealing the mansion's grounds. The last light of day, picking out details. A swathe of unkempt lawn, the mansion, dark and foreboding, and in the distance, the family set up cemetery, which so terrified and intrigued you as a child. Um, your car crackles across the stone driveway, and if you have a look on the back of your maps, guys, you've all got both the house and the grounds. Now, these are meant to be sketches, so they're very much not to scale, but they give you an idea of places you can go and where you can do, and uh, I think that there is... Sandbox is definitely the wrong word for this game, but there is an element of sandbox which do sort of allow you to explore yeah. and... Uh, so the topiary is not three-quarters the size of the mansion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's got a big bush. But it is, it is really scary. Like, uh, it is you, you get, If The Shining had been written at this time, you'd immediately be thinking of The Shining. Right. The book, not the film. There's animated topiary. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I, I was with you. So, uh, as, you, as you kind of pull into a driveway, a, a dark, rain-coated figure appears out of the rain and points you further down the driveway um, towards um, a large garage where... I've got to get this right, because now we've got different people. Three cars are already parked in front, in front of the closed double garage doors. Okay. You need to go down there, ma'am. I'll come with an umbrella and help you in a moment. And he sort of waves you down there as well, Finn. Okay. Um, you do pass a large sort of fountain, ornamental fountain in the centre. Um, looks like covered in sort of green mould, really unpleasant. And in fact, the whole house itself seems battered and uncared for. The kind of idyllic memories you have as a child, probably not you, Finn, but definitely you, Kate, um, are really sort of scarred by um, the way this mansion is now. Um, you both arrived together. Um, have you met before? No. Um, so you probably, maybe you both open your car doors and are immediately facing each other in front of this garage. Um, I get out and I'm using the umbrella, but I'm also using a cane with with a very sort of... The cane's shaft seems very new, but it's got a very, very, very battered and bruised duck's head. <laughs> Silver <laughs> handle as I sort of crunch through the gravel with the cane in one hand and the uh, in the just plain old umbrella in the other. Um, running towards you is this uh, butler who, Kate, you recognise as Jameson. He's been the family butler for as long as you can possibly remember. Uh, Miss Elizabeth, uh, to see you. I have an umbrella for you. And, sir, um, are you taking the wrong turning? <laughs> <laughs> Anders, Mr. Anders. Oh, yes, you were Claire's husband. Yes. What are you doing here? Uh, I was contacted by uh, old Uncle Timothy's uh, solicitors. Lawyers told me to come. Oh. I'm, yeah, they take him to one side. Sorry about the thing with the maid when I was here last. You know, Claire was having a bad week. You, you know, marital spats and all that. He kind of, like, looks at you. And, no one better for you, I'm afraid. Um, but can you both give me a spot? Look at my face as I look up at my umbrella. Look at him. Look up at my umbrella. Yeah. He, he, he seems seem to double take. To talk about the maid. And there's actually you can give me a um, psychology roll. Bears. No, fail. Fail, 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 fail. Yeah, fail, you fail, just fail. think he's sixty-eight against fifty. <laughs> 
Uh, but can you both make me spot hidden rolls as you step out of the car and make mm-hmm. your way? Um, the rain is. Um, both? There are three of us here. No, no, I'm. I'm he's I'm not. Oh, okay. He's only in the recording studio. He's not out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, success. 53 and 63. Fantastic. Uh, Elizabeth? Fail. Okay. Um, the rain has ebbed, um, and you sort of make your way across this uh, once immaculate driveway. Fernandez, you notice that in addition to the three cars parked in front of the garage, there are fresh tyre tracks leading into both garage doors. Okay. But everyone else is parked... Outside of the garage. So uh, double garage doors. Yeah. Um, there's tire tracks leading into both. Doors are closed. And in front of the garage doors are three cars. And in addition now, both of your two cars as well. So five cars in sight, including your own. Right. And so I'm wondering who else is here. Okay. How did they get here if the road was blocked? Is that addressed to me? To anyone. So you're the only one here. I don't care. <laughs> Jameson is, is, is headed yeah, inside. True. I think uh, the, the, the blocking of the road was a, um, shall we say, tactical move by someone who didn't uh, want any other people present at this lawyer's meeting to discuss any inheritances. What do you know about inheritances? I'm somewhat of an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Not much, to be honest, but... Uh, you know, their old wife, Claire, would, would like to see, you know, all the good causes that I support, supported. Good causes. In perpetuity and, and all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't award inspiration, but if I did, I would. <laughs> so you uh, follow um, the butler, Jameson, up the driveway. Um, or oh, is it carriageway at this time? It's probably a bit of both now. We've got cars. Um and hedge yourself into the house. Um, it's rustic. Um, it does have some mod cons that have been put in over the years, but electric lighting and telephone lines are not one of them. Um, so the vast doors open up to reveal a grand entranceway in almost complete darkness, only lit by Jameson's oil lamp. Um, he leads you round to the left, if you have a look on your maps, to. Um, a small seat sitting room. Um, as you approach the door, the smell of cigar smoke and cigarette smoke is rife for either good oil, depending on how you feel about it. Um, and there's the sound of chattering voices from within. Um, everyone's gathered in here, uh, ma'am, Finn. Um, but if you wish me to lead you to your rooms, uh, I could do so first if you wish to change. Um, my understanding is that Dr. Charles Turner, the attorney, um, is waiting for the whole group to arrive before he reads the will. Um, so you probably have a few minutes. Um, I'll just shake up my umbrella and head towards the smell of cancerous smoke fumes and uh, brain-killing liquid liquids. Okay, uh, Kate, Elizabeth, are you going to go in or do you want to go to your room? I'd quite like to get changed. One is very damp. Okay, um, follow me. Um, you'll oh be sharing the, uh, your abode with um, Fiona Duncan. She's already set up there. Um, you'll be in, if you have a look on your maps, uh, the downstairs, if you have a look, room number one. Does it have a nice fire? It does, ma'am. Good. Um, would you like me to bring you any uh, refreshments to the room? Will you be joining the company? 
I mean, suppose one should join the company. See people. <sighs> so Finn, you um, you enter um, probably confidently, like not at all abashed by the uh, the setting at all. Um, a surprisingly small for the size of the house, but definitely large compared to most people's sitting rooms. Um, it's bedecked wooden panelling, number of sofas, there's a huge burning fire which provides most of the light in the room. Um, other than that, there's a couple of oil lamps. Um, around the room are people who you may or may not know. Um, there's uh, a woman who looks a bit like Molly Ringwald, so redhead. Um, beautiful, elegant, very fashionably dressed, smoking a tiny expensive cigar. Um, there's a small stuffy man, um, probably about 40, um, wearing sort of spectacles. He's sitting away from the group and obviously trying to keep to himself. Um, every now and again he seems to open up a little watch and look at the picture within and clip it shut. Um, there's also a very posh... Um, in fact, Paul, do you want to describe your character? Uh, yeah, uh, in... Uh, I suppose they wouldn't be seeming out of place, but uh, in brown tweed plus fours and a uh, <laughs> snazzy yellow cardigan. Uh, Sitting, the word snazzy makes it so much worse. <laughs> <in a wing laughs> is, there, is there such a thing as snazzy English lederhosen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are going to have discussions on plus fours at length. Uh, sitting in a wingback chair, just sort of holding course, and he's uh, he's got a, a cigarette that is almost entirely along its length, just ash. And as you enter, he's get, just getting through to the uh, the end of a story. And, uh, and then he said to me, no. No, I'm the other kind of Indian. <laughs> Nobody else laughs. Yeah, uh, so the, the redhead is like, oh, can I do the voice? Why? Well, I'm not really sure if that's funny at all. Um, oh, we have, vis- we have visitors. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know who's retained their sense of humour. This looks like a very working class gentleman. No, 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 no. I, I, am, I am definitely dressed like one of the bright young things, the, the full, way above my, spa- my station, my... Clothes probably cost more than my car. So she, she oh, stands up. Oh, one of those jazz musicians. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Quite have you it. come for the for entertainment? Do you have a marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please do um, uh, uh, spout forth with your saxophones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid you might want to think twice about what you ask an officer of the law. Do you have a marijuana? <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? Am I even here at this point? Your room is literally just down the corridor, so you might have gone to your room, dropped your things off and come back, or you may have like changed your mind and sort of behind him. Um, Fiona, who it is, this woman, comes up to you, Finn, and goes, don't, don't worry about her. Um, Elizabeth, come join us. It's been a while. Hello. Um, this is Fiona, your cousin. Um, you do not get along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just forget who she is all the time, please. Who are you again? So just have, thank uh, you, miss. Uh, name's uh, Anders, Finn Anders. Uh, it was Claire's husband before she uh, passed away. Of course, Finn. Yes, yes. How, how the devil? Yes. Oh, yes. Who the fuck Claire. are you? I know who you are. I don't know who you are. Devil's fine, last I checked in with him, you know. <laughs> Well, apparently, this is your Lord Geoffrey, our cousin from England. Geoffrey? Apparently, how dare Well, I, I have met Lord Geoffrey recently, and he was nothing like you. Doesn't look like Lord Geoffrey. 
Jeffrey would never wear tweed. I'm a diddle, Jeffrey. I've been on a diet. So he that says. doesn't make you wear tweed. <laughs> or does it? I've never been on one. Well, tweed is slimming, you know. It's not, it's got horizontal stripes. <laughs> terrible idea. It, just make, it makes it look like a rectangle. One, one spends much time in Savile Row. One wonders who the fuck you are. So, so you're from London, Mr. Uh, Lord, Lord Jeffreys? I'm a citizen of the world. But you reside in, in England, in London. I reside wherever I bloody well please. Um, you can do a psychology check if you wish. <laughs> can I resist this? Yeah, yeah. What's a double zero? Is that a, is that a hundred or a zero? Hundred. So I fail. He is utterly convincing. <laughs> I, I fail my disguise roll. Utterly, <laughs> utterly imperfectly evasive. It would be a, a fast talk, probably. A fast talk. Well, or persuade. Okay. I think we'll go for uh, what's my persuade. Uh, well, it's even, so. Oh, that'll be an 11. Your so dice yeah. are big enough. Yeah, they, they seem to be being really, more. really unpleasant to their English. Maybe it's racism. <laughs> it's their English family member. Um, could I get anyone any refreshments? It seems that the um, lawyer, and he says the word lawyer with the same word that most of us would say, dog shit, um, is taking his time. Um, but I can maybe give you some refreshments. I'll have a double sidecar with a twist, but if you haven't got absence, I'll only have vodka. See what we can do. I'll have an aviator. A what, sorry? An aviator. No, he went home, sorry. No, it's, it's, I have to remember this now. Blue Corrado, Quantrol, and vodka. Shaken, poured over ice. He looks down his nose at you and says, I don't think we have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Manhattan. No. Whiskey sours. No. I'll have a bourbon. Um, 72. Okay, sir. And he kind of bustles up. <laughs> <laughs> sort of rubbing my nose and thing. Was the maid his daughter? I gotta stop stopping daughters. To be fair, to get the maid to stop stopping anyone else is quite the challenge. She <laughs> um, even stopped later, me he once. with your drinks. You've, got, you've, you've all got your drinks and you have an aviator. I have an aviator. He is grudgingly made you. Those glasses look ridiculous on you. (laughs) 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 That jacket is much too big. (laughs) You're trying to hide some black eyes. (laughs) Does your wife beat you? Well, she's dead, so no. That's no excuse. I mean, yeah, meta. Drink. This is this scene is designed for you to get into character, so I'm not <laughs> going to interrupt it unless you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are bleeding with your joke. No, it's fine. It's the music. I'm just. Are you sure Finn, you're Finn Lord is, Finn is definitely showing signs of, despite having pretensions and wanting to be a social climber, very much out of place with all of the wealth surrounding him. So, Finn, what do you do? I'm one of Boston's finest men, a uh, detective in the uh, I organized crime that. division. And were you injured, sir? <laughs> Pardon me. Were you injured, sir? She looks down to where. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I took a knife wound in in the line of duty. Uh, it was uh, rather unpleasant. Not not the kind of thing one uh, talks about in front of a lady. So very unpleasant. Sort of slightly leery oh, smile. So would you say you're on the edge of death? Right now, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> was when I got stabbed. I'm, I'm doing much better now. Uh, 
probably get rid of the cane in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And she strolls off to the other side of the room. Oh, it was a bloody ghoul. Finn is sort of feeling very, very uncomfortable and just sort of, just, 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 just to comfort himself, readjust his, his uh, shoulder holster <laughs> under his jacket. Like, these, these people are fucking crazy. <laughs> anyway, as I know, I know my bone structure may have changed a little, but I had to spend several years in the Raj finding myself. He was just a little bit different than you remember. What's your favorite sort of shoes? Brogues. I'm sure you're not Lord Jeffrey. Yeah. Butler. He had the most marvellous yes, cheekbones, you know. You How could hang washing out drink? on them. We've been here about an hour. They kept getting caught on things. I had to have them filed. <laughs> Dear God, how do you survive? <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> um, as you can, the butler was by the door, and the door slapped the open, and walking down the kind of tiled hallway, hallway quite slowly is an elderly gentleman with a stick. With every step, his light stick taps on the tiles. Wait, this is where he does a somersault. Wait, elbows, 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 elbows. This is where he does a somersault. Look, this is where it's all act. Will you stop elbowing me, you insufferable twit? Those are my cheekbones. You're a cheekbone. <laughs> <laughs> the door opens. And um, you, re- you may or may not recognise the family solicitor. This is Dr. Charles Turner, attorney, attorney at law. Um, from Regis and Marsh. So even if you, you don't know you recognise this man, you definitely have Regis Marsh as your family law firm. Um, although you may notice that on your credit rating, 50 is average. So although many of you have hold heirs, um, your credit ratings are very low due to the fact that you have squandered your inheritance. Almost as crappy as the, the detectives. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, um, Duncan. Um, I'm afraid we cannot start with the will reading. And uh, why would that be, sir? We are missing two people. Jack Duncan and Peter Duncan. And until they're here, we cannot read the will. However, well, see, one of them is ill and one of them had to work, so... <laughs> he looks at his watch and goes... We don't work. If they're not here by seven o'clock, then we will cut them out for will as per the stipulations in Uncle Timothy's will. I do hope Jackie makes it. It was always a terrible roar. Hey, at this point, I sort of nod knowingly, thinking back to the, the cop who'd been bribed to block the road. It's like... <laughs> So if you wish to explore the house or the grounds, you have an hour before we will adjourn to dinner and um, reading of the will. And he like turns around and heads off back towards the room that you can see is titled Executor on your will. On your. I don't know who that was, but he talked like a mysterious tree in a fairy tale. <laughs> Is it like a humidor or a cigarette case or something lying around? Uh, I don't know. You have a various mem- characters have cigarette cases. I don't think one's been put out. Okay, so I'll just I'll, I'll light up one of my own cheap cigarettes and uh, sort of leave the room. I think I'll take a turn about the uh, turn about the house for a while. Collect my thoughts. You know, <laughs> mourn dear old Uncle Timmy and uh, exit. Probably just heading towards um, the library and just sort of wandering about aimlessly. 
Okay, so before we split the party, what, what do you guys want to do? And feel free, if you do want to split the party three ways, that's absolutely okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm wanting to get out of this room. So I'm going to, um, as, uh, as, a, as a splendid idea, being away from all of <laughs> you people, and I uh, pull a cigarette out, don't light it, but <laughs> the cigarette uh, case back in my, my pocket and uh, walk out. His case makes a really annoying click. Kate, <laughs> <laughs> um, Elizabeth, what do you wish to do? Who's in the room again? So there is Fiona, who's. I'll give you the description if you want, if I can find I the notes. I do not like her. You don't, really, you don't really like any of them. So she's Fiona Duncan Holmes, dancer, globetrotter, and an irresponsible hedonist, rumoured to have had a Paris abortion last year. Dr. Sidney Duncan, a respected Boston physician and family man, but recently at the Hamilton Inn, seen the company of his curvy blonde secretary. Um, and I think everyone else has left. So there's probably the butler, and there may be a maid knocking around somewhere as well. Fiona's the one who said, like, that's a shame. Yeah, she's the... To recovery, so she's morbid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Creepy and morbid, okay. I'm going to try and find the maid. Oh, and Dr. Sydney... Yeah. ...is the one with the the, 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 the little pocket watch, watch pocket with watch the, presumably a picture in one side. Okay, I think we'll call that um, our first episode, so we have a bit com- quick comfort break, so... And scene. Uh, I've been Joe from How We Roll. Uh, thanks for listening. And with me have been, if you want to say goodbye, Paul. Hey, fuck off. <laughs> uh, okay. Goodbye, poor people. And, uh, I hate you all. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I hate we'll you the most. <laughs> Next week, I guess. <laughs> Next week or in five minutes. Whichever comes first. Well, I, I can do it with a quick Same bad break. time, same bad channel. <laughs>